Residential Lighting Specialist to Arc Residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, my guest is John Clancy, who has been VP of Residential at Crestron for the past five years. Prior to joining Crestron, John spent 22 years at Audio Command Systems, a custom integration company in Westbury, New York. John is here to talk about the Crestron Home Control and Automation Platform, in particular, what has been added after this week's extensive 3.4 update. But per usual, we'll get to know John a little bit better and how he got interested in residential technology in the first place. John Clancy, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, how are you, Jeremy? <laughs> good, good to see you. We'll, we'll both stumble over our words. It's just the way it is. I uh, I love intros when I can get through them. Uh, <laughs> great to connect with you again virtually, John. I've seen you uh, on Zoom several times this past, I guess, 12 months. We've had a lot of uh, virtual product introductions, a dealer conference. Um, you're one of the few people that I've actually seen appear from your your real office. Today, you're you're virtual. You've got the virtual office environment behind you. But uh, am I correct that you've been able to make it into the to the Rockley, New Jersey headquarters from time to time? That's correct. Yeah. So I do go in on average three or four days a week. Uh, today just happens to be one of the days that I am working from home. Just uh, make it a little bit easier on the commute. I know your previous career was was on Long Island. Are you uh, a resident of Long Island as well? Uh, I, I am, and that's why I stress that word commute, because uh, that, uh, you know, even though distance-wise it's not that far, uh, that commute, even uh, nowadays, can still be a couple of hours. Um, so, yeah, it does save me some time. It makes, makes life a little more efficient. Well, it's great that you can still uh, be safe in the headquarters and interact with your team uh, in person from time to time. That's a, that's a rare thing these days, but uh, it looks like however you get it done uh, during this global pandemic, um, the residential team at Crestron's have been super busy. Um, am I correct that there have been eight major upgrades until this current one to the plat to the to the uh, Crestron home platform since its introduction in September of 2019? That's a sh that's a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Yeah, so I will say that we have been extremely busy, uh, not just on, you know, obviously Crestron Home that, that, you know, next week will be our ninth release to the platform in 16 months or so. Uh, and, you know, that that's dramatic and amazing in itself, but the products and, and, and the hardware portions are continue to come as well. So we haven't slowed down and in fact, accelerated the, the product development team is hard at work. Um, many of them are still working from home, especially the software team. But um, uh, many of the hardware team are coming into the office on a daily basis. Well, I, I know we're going to cover Crestron Home, go kind of go back over what the um, the major accomplishment of just getting Crestron Home created uh, was and, and what the updates have been. And uh, I do want to get to that, but I first kind of wanted to go back to talk about your career and just get to know you a little bit better. Um, you joined Crestron in 2016 after 22 years as a custom integrator with Audio Command Systems in Westbury, New York, as I said. And that is um, a, a long stretch with, with one company. And um, I'm sure that you have a lot of just war stories like everyone that's been in this industry does. Um, what, what did you like the most of your time as a custom integrator? And what did you find most frustrating about that part of your career? 
Wow. Um, so what I liked the most was interacting with clients. Um, you know, obviously working at this level, you meet uh, people that um, at, at, a, at a level that, you know, most people don't really have that much contact with. But what you find out is that, you know, wealthy, famous, uh, there are still regular people and, and who just want the same basic things in their home. I mean, if you ask just about any one of our end users um, what they want, they want something that's easy to use and that's reliable. Um, and <laughs> all the other bells and whistles are great, but they're meaningless if those two first points aren't met. Um, and so, you know, what you find is that, you know, yes, the houses may be massive and the project's extreme, but the basic wants and the needs are, are essentially the same as everyone else's. And, and there are just regular people just with, you know, big houses. <laughs> I'm curious, did you uh, have pretty well-known business people and celebrity clients over those years? That's uh, Long Island's a great place to live when you're in the New York market, big homes and that sort of thing. Um, did you have a lot of those, those types of clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, you know, and and I still keep in touch with many of them. I just had a call two days ago with a client of mine that I had for 15 years, um, who just likes to stay in touch. I mean, we used to, I used to meet with him every quarter just to talk about technology. He had five homes, or has five homes, and we had done all of those projects and done a few of them over again. And uh, he liked to meet periodically just to find out what's you know what's going on. Uh, what are other people doing? Um, what's the market like? Uh, and and just wanted to be educated about what was current. And and it's really hard for someone on the outside of our world to to grasp all that and understand it. Right. Yeah. I I know it's it's great just to be the the resource a lot of times, not even the salesperson or the or the technician for a for an individual, but just their resource to understand what's going on. And um, what about um, you know, I kind of want to talk about your transition into manufacturing to your role with Crestron. Uh, was there a point of frustration? Was there a turning point where you said, I, I, I just really need to make a change or had that, um, that role switch uh, happen? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it frustration. What I, I guess, um, you know, some, I might relate it to boredom, right? I mean, in, in mm -hmm. the sense that it was, uh, <laughs> it was Groundhog Day. You, you'd meet a new customer, <laughs> you'd hear about their frustration with some previous instance installation or, or, or something, I would earn their confidence and, 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 and we'd educate or I'd educate them over the course of time. And that was my, 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 uh, my, my style of, of, of selling. Um, we'd execute the project, get paid and move on. And, and, you know, you'd meet another one in a, and it was just kind of very routine the same challenges over and over. Um, that and the fact that this opportunity came about uh, really based on my frustration with uh, with Crestron at the time, <laughs> okay. um, it was literally me calling my current boss now, Randy Fine, and, and complaining about you know um, what I believed or perceived as you know not a serious focus towards the residential business, and and that conversation morphed over a few months into well come here and do something about it, and uh, <laughs> and I looked at that as as an opportunity and a challenge, and uh, to be honest, I have been challenged every day since. Uh, and that, that's what keeps me going. I, I don't want to be bored. And I, and I really, I, I look for that challenge. And, and by far, this is the last five years have been the most challenging in the last 30. Uh, and and mm -hmm. hopefully, uh, from the outside looking in, it looks like it's paying off. But from the inside looking out, it absolutely feels like it is. 
Well, it, you know, it was clear to me, having been uh, part of this industry for as many as, years as you have, I think, that your role made an impact pretty much immediately. And it was very much what you were saying. I could see from the outside, having observed Crestron um, for years, that the focus was really on the commercial side so much more as the years went on. And, and obviously that was a huge part of the business. There's no question that what 70%, 80%, something like that, being so focused on commercial, that's where your attention's gonna go. But there you stand up as a dealer and say, hey, we're out here, we're residential guys doing Crestron jobs. Why aren't you you know, doing more with us or whatever that conversation was that Randy said, come on and <laughs> help us out. Um, how much about what you could see from the outside or understand about Crestron um, was different once you got on the inside? Did you see, they, oh, okay, this is how things work, or was there anything that was just sort of a, oh, an aha kind of thing, and then you adjusted after you got into the job? Well, look, I, I will say that uh, I certainly did question my move in that first 30 days, like, <laughs> what in the world did I do? I had it easy. I, I, my office was six miles from my house. I was, a, I was an owner. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, basically can come and go as I please, and and do what I wanted to do. And then I put myself into this position where um, this is not a comfortable position right away. Initially, it's a whole new environment. It's a quite a, a commute. Um, and the learning that I had uh, ahead of me that I look back on now, the things that I didn't know then that I wish I knew uh, that I have just learned and picked up um, were, were all a different experience, right? It was, you know, going from the, from the, you know, resale side and, and, you know, and, and selling the products of a manufacturer to being behind the scenes and involved with product development, software development, uh, market development, marketing, uh, and then running a sales team uh, initially just, just domestically and now globally, um, you know, learning all of the little bits and pieces of, of what, what, you know, what triggers uh, a restaurant sale in a different market, all of that stuff. Uh, uh, you know, it's definitely got me to a point now where I am extremely confident, but, you know, no one trains you for that, uh, especially coming from the dealer side coming in. So, you know, it was uh, a lot of on the job uh, of learning. And, and, uh, and I think that was probably the most challenging portion, especially early on. I could see that being the case. Do you think you, you, you know, our, my customers, the dealer, I was a dealer for 22 years. I, I must have all the the insight that I need for this role, but then there's the actual mechanical aspects of creating a product, you know, the different pieces that go together. Um, how many, just out of curiosity, how many people are you now managing in your role? Um, globally, it's, it's just under a hundred. It's probably, wow. uh, and that's, those are direct. And then there's a, a probably an indirect team, uh, again, people that don't necessarily report to me, but are, are involved with supporting the residential side of the business, both from product development and engineering and uh, customer service and tech support. So this, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. And, and how many at, at the peak for when you're an integrator owner? So um, I, you know, at, at, at ACS, uh, our New York office was, we grew to a, almost about a hundred people in, okay. in 07. So the quantity is the same, but it's very different, right? You know, um, one office, uh, one location for the most part. I, I interacted with our Florida and, and uh, California offices, but not nearly on, uh, on the day-to-day -day level. It was mostly just, uh, you know, catch-ups and reviews and 
best practice sharing and things like that. Right. Well, um, going back a little bit further in your career, I see you graduated from uh, college there in Westbury. At, is it New York Tech, um, New York Institute of Technology, where you went to school? I did go to school there. Yeah, I did not graduate. No. Oh, you did not. Okay. <laughs> See, yeah. that's the that's the the thing you 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 read into that sometimes. Uh, I, I have this uh, habit of reading obituaries, and you see someone attended somewhere, and you're like, did they mean to say they graduated from there, or did they not finish? Yeah, um, I, was, I was too impatient, and uh, I am not a good student. Uh, okay. <laughs> not from a, just a, a classroom experience. I to be sit to sit there and, and be taught. I'd rather be uh, just show me what to do and give it to me and let me go. And that's honestly, that's how I learned to be a programmer at Crest, uh, for Crestron Software. Uh, at ACS, we picked up Crestron in 1993, 94 for the residential space. And I essentially learned it. I didn't go to my first Crestron training class until probably late 90s, 96, 97. Um, and I had already, you know, learned what I needed to to get the projects done. And, and we had started with, you know, just audio and video distribution, but we quickly morphed into home automation, tying in lighting and shading and HVAC at a very early stage with Crestron that really wasn't intended at that point in time to be used residentially. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it's kind of how I operate. I just, I'd rather just do it. So did you get a job right out of the gate with ACS, um, the out of, out of your college days? Actually a really funny story. I interviewed for the job and didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, got the job later on when the person they hired didn't work out. Um, so I started at, uh, a, as a technician at ACS. Okay. Uh, and I essentially worked in just about every role possible uh, as an integrator, you know, outside of maybe accounting and purchasing. Um, but from installation to project management, to sales, to design and engineering and programming, um, and, and essentially, be, you know, move my, up to, my way up to becoming an owner of that company over, you know, the first 10 years or so. Well, that's impressive. And, uh, despite your, your lack of, uh, formal education and, and even focus on training, uh, I'm just curious, what was the, uh, the turning point where you said, I need to go to actual Crestron training for programming what was that well at that point i wanted to know what i didn't know right okay. uh you know we had been successful and i had gotten projects done and customers were happy but uh, it, it, it it hit me one day that you know imagine if i really you know learned all the little ins and outs and things that and again i went and i was frustrated uh, in the classroom <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it must inform what you're like uh, on the manufacturing side to have gone through all those different roles in a company uh, to really understand what what folks do in and the deal on the dealer side um, and even maybe their challenges with training like you had so you you probably can apply some of that what were you like as a kid were you also um, into tech way back as a kid uh, absolutely and for, I don't I was always drawn to it even when I didn't want to be uh, there was a point in time I went back to school and chose, uh, believe it or not, I went for physical therapy for uh, for uh, two semesters and realized I didn't want to just be touching people all the time. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I tried to fight off the, I guess, the, the instinct of, of, of my focus towards technology. But I, as, a, as a young kid, I mean, I don't even know what my age was, probably eight, nine years old, uh, there was a box of electronics under my bed and I used to just 
play with things. I mean, it was just, you know, build little assemblies, hand, uh, just handmade products out of, you know, scraps from other electronics and things like that. Now, were you a music kid also? So that seems like a pathway for a lot of folks in the industry. Did, were you into playing instruments? I did. I, I played drums and, uh, and uh, but again, that required more focus and attention uh, <laughs> than I guess I was ready for. Um, so I didn't stay with it, but, um, but I did, uh, I did uh, stick with the electronics, even uh, like uh, during that period where I tried to push it away, it came back and found me. Um, and that's where I realized I stopped fighting it and just follow, follow it. Well, I had no idea your attention span was so short. You always carry yourself so well in, in uh, meetings and uh, presentations. So you've you've done well for yourself despite the type A type personality. Um, I do want to to get into our conversation about Crestron Home because that's one of the main reasons why you're here. Uh, um, we're going to take a short break and return soon with Crestron's John Clancy. This episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by Ring home security systems, and smart home automation. Get protection at every corner with their intelligent security cameras, alarm systems, and video doorbells. Receive notifications when motion is detected or check on your home anytime with Live View in the Ring app. Help keep your neighborhood safer with the Neighbors app to share information and discuss safety concerns in this hyper-local social networking platform. Ring's mission is simple, make neighborhoods safer. Discover all the smart home security products by Ring. Go to ring.com. Welcome back. I'm talking with Crest John's VP of Residential, John Clancy. Um, John, I, I would um, say that your your hiring really renewed the identity of Crest John on the residential side. Um, you you immediately seemed to step in as the advocate for the for the dealer side, clearly with your experience there, and and just and really brought just a um, a familiarity that wasn't um, necessarily. Um, obvious there because the commercial side was so important to the company. Um, what were some of the early challenges that were presented to you in your role? Or you just kind of um, given the keys and said, hey, do, do what you think you can do here. We, we, uh, you're going to learn the ropes. Um, I'm sure that there was more guidance than that. So what, what were some of the things given to you that said, hey, this is what we'd like you to accomplish? Well, uh, I will say that in, you know initially when I was brought on uh, again, uh, Randy Klein introduced me to the the rest of the executive team as the only one that really had the experience level from our customers' side, right? Mm -hmm. You know, many of the engineering team and uh, customer service team and product development team were uh, you know focused on just those areas. None of them really had that experience of what does an end user really want? How does the project really happen? Um, you know, what does a dealer go through during the period of installation, both from, from the selling point to the time it's handed off and, and, and final payment is received. And so many things happen during that process. And how is a product selected? Uh, all of those things. And why are they selected, right? Um, Crestron, you know, again, arguably makes some of the most robust products in the category. Uh, so from, from, you know, HQ's perspective, how come this isn't easy? Why are we winning every single project? And, and you know, when you can start talking about the complexity at the time of, of software, uh, programming our systems, you know, five years ago was not uh, what it is now with Crestron Home. Um, and that, that definitely played into it. Um, I think the fit and finish and, and look and feel of a lot of our products, which again, may fit great in a commercial boardroom, but not necessarily uh, in a high-end living room, right? So focusing on that, 
Um, and I think, you know, over the first few years, coming out with new remote controls and keypads that look like they fit in the spaces in which they, they end up in, uh, and then simplifying the deployment of our, of, our, of our products through new software like Crestron Home, and then enhancing the user experience, again, focused around Crestron Home, were really the things that I, I, I wanted to focus on when I first came there. And, and it's, I can't believe it's taken five years, but or, or, or <laughs> I've been here for five years. It doesn't seem like it's five years already. Well, I, I absolutely want to transition into talking about what, what Crestron Home has accomplished. But before we we do that, I just wanted to acknowledge um, the the untimely um, passing of Fred Bargetzi on your team, the, the CTO, um, thirty year veteran of the company, um, highly respected, just one of these beloved people. Um, what what does his loss mean to the company? Well, look, uh, Fred was Fred is well. Fred was one of the reasons I came to Crestron. Fred was a friend of mine. I mean, uh, he. He kept me engaged with Crestron as a dealer in ways uh, that other manufacturers didn't. And that's probably one of the reasons I ended up here um, for, some, for lots of reasons, right? Uh, we used to meet periodically. I'd tell him what I think the industry needed or what we needed specifically. Uh, he'd tell me and show me what they were working on. And we'd fight for a little while about that. And, and, um, and, and but we always, uh, there was a, a, an absolute level of mutual respect there because he, he had a good handle on, on what we dealt with on the outside. Mm. Um, and and um, so, yeah, his passing was difficult. And and, and, uh, and it's something that, uh, you know, we'll ne he'll never be replaced, right? Um, but, you know, he, you know, we knew he was sick for a while. So the company had prepared uh, itself to, to, to uh, you know, continue to evolve past this. Uh, so, yeah, it's been difficult. You know, like I said, he was a friend and mentor to so many, you know, employees there, friends of the industry, dealers, uh, competitors. Um, and so, you know, again, he, he's someone that just won't be replaced. Um, but, but, you know, as a company, we had to plan ahead, you know, many, many months in advance to, to know that we, you know, we had to sustain the thousands of families that rely on, on Crestron. Well, uh, I, I do want to start now, you know, just backtrack about what the importance of Crestron Home has been for the company and for your dealers. It's one of those um, platforms that seems that uh, it came when the time was right for it. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have been possible before, you know, you actually introduced it. it and what, what makes it so different from the way uh, systems were deployed in the past using Crestron? Sure. I mean, look, let me first say that, you know, the custom side of our business or the legacy programming of, of simple windows and VT pro, the, the tools that that our custom programming, uh, utilize, um, those aren't going away. Right. I mean, that, that's not changing. We'll still have that ability to customize or allow our dealers to customize these systems almost infinitely, right. Based on the project requirements or the customer's needs. Um, but I, I, I know that for real sustainable growth, and uh, we needed to focus on A, making it easy to deploy, and then B, still delivering a, a really high quality user experience. Um, so that was really what that was about. Um, you know, as a former programmer, uh, to be honest, you know, I was always dabbling at home, right? So the frustration of never having two rooms operate the same because I'm always trying something new. Mm. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, frustrating to my family, uh, but, uh, but also 
Uh, so now having Crestron at home, it's a breath of fresh air. So everything works when it's supposed to work uh, because I'm not experimenting, right? Uh, okay. I'm not trying new things or, or you know, spending a weekend to get a, a new TV or some new product implemented. Um, so that, that speed and ease are, 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 are real. Um, but again, I, I don't want to take away from the custom side of what we do uh, because that is important. That gets us into projects and even markets uh, that are really difficult for our competitors. Uh, the marine business, for instance, uh, those you know mega yachts and super yachts, Crestron Home isn't built to, 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 for those projects. Um, you know, it's not uncommon that these projects have hundreds of our NVX endpoints, right? <laughs> um, these are massive, massive systems um, and only Crestron can answer those, those types of needs on the custom side. Um, so, you know, that's, that really was, was what started that evolution, that, that market or the, or, or the ability to sell in that space was, is, is finite, right? Um, mm -hmm. Those extreme projects are finite. So how do we grow the business uh, and allow our dealers to, to really go after projects that they wouldn't be able to or wouldn't be competitive, uh, especially when you look at the cost of programming? You know, when we compare ourselves to some of our competitors, uh, our, our products may be a little bit more expensive, but the, the, the big deal breaker for, for many of those wins was that cost of programming. And sometimes, right. you know, a five-figure number, you'd stand out, right? Um, yeah. And the other part of that is it's hard to do. It's complex. And not every dealer, uh, you know, can be good at both sides of that. And what I mean is that there's the actual deployment of making it functional, and then there's the building of the user interface so it's, aesthetically pleasing, intuitive, uh, and everything that's required to deliver that 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 real good uh, user experience. So Crestron Home, does it bring a standard user interface then uh, to simplify that portion of it? I know that you are basically setting up a, a home through, uh, initially it was through the iPad, right? You're not sitting down and writing code anymore in, in, when you're using Crestron Home. So you're, 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 you're bringing in different drivers for different products and putting together the directions on how things function. Um, take me through just like, treat me like I'm a homeowner and I, I need to know like, Hey, how does this thing work? And give me the quick elevator pitch. So uh, it really is about that consistent user interface that, that we own and we control. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's really the key uh, so that you're, your touchscreens and your iPads and your mobile devices all look and work the same. And every project looks and works the same. And from an end user's perspective, you may have two or three homes that now look and work the same, right? And in the past, if you had a dealer in California and a dealer in New York who didn't share uh, user interfaces or, or, or GUI designs, um, there was a good chance you had you know, two different, very different experiences, even though Crestron may be on both projects. Mm -hmm. um, so now controlling that um, and delivering that consistency, again, and focusing on the little things that make it really, really nice and easy to use uh, and continuing to evolve and, and improve that uh, are really, you know, uh, are changing the way Crestron's perceived in the residential space. So you launch it um, September 2019, and there you, you put as much into it as you can at that point, and there's always a stopping point. You'd say, this has got to launch. And then you make additions to it. So you've had all you've had these updates, uh, upgrades. Um, so what have been some? What what would you say like the the basics of what it could do out of the gate? And then you said, okay, well, there's this that we need to add, and that needs to change or something. How does that process work? And what's what's yeah. been added over the past year? 
So, so one thing I'll say is that, you know, this is a product that will never be quote unquote done, right? right. There'll always be things to do and things we want to add and, and um, things we want to streamline for our dealers and, 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 and enhance for our end users. Um, and, and the beauty of that also is the, is the fact that these, this product continues to evolve and expand on its own, right? So the customer, the end user who had this installed, say in October of 2019, has a better system today than on the day of installation, right? We've added features and 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 um, and 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 continue to improve the user experience, and it's not heavy lifting for the dealer, right? Um, you know, for the most part, dealers aren't necessarily focused on going back to their existing customers and enhancing their user experience, right? Especially at little or no charge, right? Right. Uh, and this is something that you know, just literally with a, an app update that happens behind the scenes on your mm -hmm. phone. And a firmware update from from the dealer uh, initiating on your system, it has improved the the user experience over the past 15, 16 months. And so, you know, things like you know little things like adding dark mode for an iPhone, right? So, uh, you know, uh, even even on your uh, on your wall on your touch screens, you know, in a bedroom um, at nighttime, having a, a white glaring background, you know, is not great. Uh, so. You know, having that feature added with just a firmware update, um, okay. enhancing um, functionality on our remote controls, just again with firmware updates. These are in the past having to open up that project in a in a customizable tool. Uh, adding that, that functionality could take hours, and then the risk of undoing things or breaking things elsewhere for the dealer was a good enough reason why they would never go back, right? right. Uh, or they couldn't charge enough. Uh, to the customer, and the customer may not see the value in doing all that, right? Meanwhile, now, now we're doing these things all the time and improving that. So, you know, I'd say some of the functionality that we've added that have really been valuable, uh, I'd say one of them would be the Lutron integration. Mm -hmm. Again, being one of the first to have uh, native support for Lutron's homework Q Homework's QSX uh, platform. Um, and again, the ease of implementation is, is really simple. You know, the Crestron Home Processor finds the Lutron Processor on the network. It, it imports all of the keypads and all of the scenes and all of the buttons. The dealer can decide which ones he wants to expose to Crestron Home. It, it does a pretty good job of aligning room names. So we obviously have a kitchen on one side and the kitchen on the other. It brings in the proper uh, keypads and, 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 and buttons and scenes. If, if there is a conflict, the dealer is flagged. And, you know, in one place it may be called bedroom one and in, in another place it's Billy's bedroom. And, you know, connecting those two pieces together, but that's as difficult as it gets. And then those just automatically populate. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, that whole experience, both for the dealer and for the end user are really, really, really positive, uh, especially, you know, knowing that it's not a first party, you know, a full first party solution. Right. Um, you know, the other things I think are, 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 you know, our channel presets that automatically populate uh, and then each, each user in the household can have their own set of, um, you know, those are the things I find most valuable when I can, you know, walk into a room and I see my favorites and my wife can look at her remote and she's got her favorites. Uh, and, and again, things like that, that just enhance the usability. Yeah. So the, the idea that, that there's end user, um, additions or changes that can be made to a, to a limited degree, obviously, you don't want them messing anything up, but that was always the complaint about custom programming was that 
once it's locked down, you've got to call your integrator to come back and make a change. And it could have been just as simple as something changed with direct TV or dish or something. And you got your channels mixed up or something. And uh, now to be able to do your own favorites or maybe create scenes um, without having the integrator have to make a truck roll to do it. That's a huge well, thing. The, and there's two parts to that, right? So yes, there is uh, some significant end user customization, but the dealer is secure in the sense that, you know, should the homeowner, you know, accidentally set all of their lighting scenes to zero, right? <laughs> and think that their lighting system is non-functional, they can contact the dealer. The dealer can simply restore the, mm -hmm. the system back to where it was at any particular time or, or whatever they stamped as their golden master. Um, and then, and then, you know, the other part is the dealer maintenance aspect of that. Look, um, again, the dealer is not responsible for securing these files and making sure those files uh, are protected, right, and, and saved uh, and, and all in one spot. Um, you know, it was a challenge at times in the past when I had a team of programmers who worked for me, you know, we're going to Mr. Jones's house. We haven't been to in four or five years. Who's got the latest files? Are they all on the server? Um, you know, and then you get there and find out you don't have the latest files. And now what do you do? And, and that, that just, all of that goes out the window because everything now is stored in the cloud. Um, and, you know, even if a system should fail completely, uh, a dealer can go back and, and replace that processor. Even if it got hit by lightning, for instance, um, you can go back and replace that processor and pull down that last config from the cloud and you're up and running in just a few minutes. You know, that's that's just just you know, that's the future. That's 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 really what we're what we're shooting for, that whole holistic experience there. Now this uh this Crestron Home 3.4 update uh as of February 16th, we're recording ahead of that, and this will come out a little bit after that. So just so everyone who's listening knows when it was available. Um there are nine or ten features that are added. Uh, the first one I'd love for you to explain is the sequences feature and what that does, because I've always thought those are great uh, security enhancements to uh, lighting control system, especially. What all does so, it do? Uh, yeah, so sequences, again, are uh, the ability of, well, we've had sequences for a while. This is an enhancement to sequences. So sequences, okay. if you look at it as like macros, right, uh, uh, where you can integrate uh, a single button press to do multiple things across multiple subsystems. Again, what somebody would, would expect. What we've added in this coming release is to be the ability to schedule those and to add randomization to their timing. Okay. So a perfect example would be vacation mode, right? And this is not new. Um, uh, and being able to just execute, you know, or play back your last seven or 14 days of your lighting usage around the house to simulate that someone's home uh, is great. But what this allows also is to bring in things other than just lighting, right? So I can randomize my shade movement uh, and play that back during the day. I can turn TVs on and audio zones on and really make it look like someone has had, uh, you know, inside of the home. Um, and, and so, again, all of these things are, can be uh, configured by the dealer very quickly. And that's really what, what the goal is, is to, you know, to, to do things like this. Again, that was something that came from requests. Uh, a few of our dealers have come back to us and said, you know, it'd be really great. Vacation mode is great, but it'd be really great if we can add in other things. And, and, and so again, it, it, we can, we can do that when we control this experience like this. For some reason, I think of home alone when I, when I think of sequences, uh, kind of like cool. his setup with the, making it look like there, there's a party going on in the house, you know, and no one's there or he's, he's the only one there. Um, what about, so, yeah. uh, 
what about some other features that that are coming out with this update that uh, are, are worth mentioning? What, what else can you tell us? Um, again, I can talk about uh, another one that, I, again, came directly in from a, a, an exact use case. Uh, this was on a project in Europe uh, where uh, an MDU project. So there's um, a couple of hundred units. It's all got restaurant home in every single unit. Um, there's a keypad, uh, a few keypads in the project, but the uh, developer uh, just wanted to be able to use a contact closure to emulate a, a keypad button press. Uh, that was not baked into the software. So that's added in this release and we're able to accommodate that, that need. But again, it's there now in the, for every project in the future and every project in the past. Uh, and so, you know, things like that that continue to add value um, are, are really big focuses down the road. Uh, some of the other ones, um, you know, being able to uh, or access, access the TV tuner on smart TVs, obviously cord cutting is becoming more and more popular, even though a lot of these streaming services are getting pretty costly. Uh, so the, the overall cost savings isn't necessarily, you know, as great as it used to be when looking, when going from a TV service, but, uh, but, but being able to use your, your smart TV apps, uh, as well as your internal tuner and, and our, our big features. Uh, and again, even the, the way we handle the apps on our, on our touch screens and our remote controls, where, um, the apps are listed individually as sources. So I can press the Netflix button or press the Amazon button and launch uh, right into that that service. Uh, and so adding TV tuners was a natural thing. Um, one other feature that we've added that was really, really powerful uh, is being able to uh, customize uh, dimming curves for specific lighting fixtures uh, on our dimming modules. Uh, this happens, this is pretty common, uh, a common need now with, with a variety of LED fixtures that are out there. Uh, there's no more, you know, necessarily a linear curve uh, to, to how they dim. Uh, so the dealer now can customize uh, how those dimming curves happen. So it, it still give that feeling of linearity to a fixture that may not be a, a, a dimmed uh, in a linear way. And uh, all the changes that you're describing, do they uh, automatically go to the systems that are deployed or is this a firmware update that needs to be made from the dealer uh, specifically uh, engaged with the, the client? So at this point in time, we're still asking the dealers to push these. Again, um, I think uh, dealers, and this is really based on the feedback we've gotten from dealers, that you know app updates are are pretty expected. You know, adding an update to my iPhone app is pretty expected nowadays. Um, in most cases, dealers still want that control over when the other updates get pushed to their systems, uh, because if there is a change, they want to be able to explain it or customize that for the customer. Um, so right now, yes, it still requires the dealer to push that. The good thing is it can be pushed remotely uh, from, from, the de from the dealer's home or office. So uh, looking ahead in general, uh, what are some of the trends? I would say that uh, what I, when I talk to folks, it's always you know, pandemic related and you've been doing a lot of work with uh, um, conferencing products and that sort of thing and, and people working from home, school from home. Uh, do you think that's continuing to drive a lot of your product development outside of just restaurant home? Uh, absolutely. So, I, I, you know, I don't think, you know, I, people use the term post post pandemic. I, uh, I don't know what that means or when that will happen. I don't think it'll be a, a flip of a switch. Right. right. I think it'll be, you know, it'll happen over the course of time. And I think that for the foreseeable future, many people will still be, you know, learning from home, working from home, socializing from home. 
And I think a lot of the products that we do sell in the commercial or enterprise space that we can move over to the residential space and, and, and make applicable for the residential space, there's certainly still opportunity for. Um, you know, even our new, I'm talking to you on our, our desktop audio conferencing system. It's a touchscreen that controls my Crestron home system. So when I'm on a call like this, I press a single button, my, my lighting adjusts appropriately, it mutes any audio that I was playing. It turns on an indicator outside my office door to let my family know that I'm on a call, um, all from one single button press. And when I'm done, I can undo all of that with another button press. So tying that all together with a high quality audio conferencing device, this is, this is where we live commercially. Um, and so that, that, that really makes a lot of sense. And, and I, don't, I don't see the need for that changing uh, for the foreseeable future. And, and just talking um, the basic blocking and tackling of being a manufacturer, working with dealers and doing trainings, uh, it's hard to predict the future and uh, getting people immunized and that sort of thing. I know that Cedia is looking forward to having an expo uh, on schedule in Indianapolis in September and Infocom moved to October. Um, are you looking uh, from a corporate standpoint to try to bring um, um, dealers in for trainings in person? Are you already doing some of this with distancing or how's that working? Um, there hasn't been much in-person in in training. We, we've done some of it. Uh, again, you know, we do have some, uh, some rules in place and these are kind of soft rules, right? Uh, if the dealer's requesting it, you know, we're not pushing it on them. If it's legal or allowed in, in that, in that location and if our employees feel comfortable doing it. Uh, so there's a number of things that have to align for us to do in persons. Um, and for the most part, many of them can still be done remotely. I know people are weary of, you know, these types of communications <laughs> all day and every day, um, but there is still significant value there. Um, I really hope CDA happens. You know, we do, we planned to return last year. Right. Uh, I am planning to be there this coming year. Uh, and I really, you know, it would be really, really nice to be able to be in front of people again and to show off our these products firsthand because we, you know, we have a number of things we plan to launch between now and then that I would love to be able to show off. Well, I think we we all are uh, ready for things to to improve, and yet we're all a little bit uh, cautious as well, and and for good reason. So uh, we we'll keep our fingers crossed, hope for science to help us out to get there quicker. John Clancy, thank you so much for uh, all your time today. Uh, my absolute pleasure. Great talking to you. And uh, thanks to everybody for joining us. Be sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And check out all the latest residential tech news at restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. Residential